Well, good evening and welcome to yet another incredible conversation about technology on Ghana Radio. Good evening and welcome to the number one technology conversation on Ghana Radio. This is City Trends. My name is Philip Ashron. City Trends is sponsored by Haptel, helping you collect payments easily, and NIIT, bringing people and computers um, together successfully. Now, if you're in charge of any social um, organization or group or club, you know very well how frustrating it can get when you're collecting payments from your members. So, whether it's a church group or an old school union or a group of friends, basically, just trying to contribute towards a project or a worthy cause, Haptel is giving you one short code to accept all mobile money payments into one account. So, if you are ready to leave behind all the stress of managing such payments, just go ahead and sign up today. Haptel.com is the website site you should visit and remember to use the referral code CITIFM or you can simply dial right now on your phone star 713 hash and enjoy the benefits of Haptel. Your short code will be ready for use in less than one hour. That is a promise the Haptel has for you. Haptel helping you collect payments easily. On the show today we talk about the building and sustaining um, of communities online for offline impact with Gameli Ajaho. And of course, we also talk about gaming beyond the entertainment, all the flashy lights and everything else with Paul Ziem, who is a consultant and founder at um, consultant founder at Netcore Studio. We'll be having a lot of fun on the show today, so make sure you stay tuned in. Today, we don't have any segments because um, we basically have a Premier League game as well. So we will be jumping straight into the conversation with Paul. And Paul is a great friend. Um, last time was here, I think it was two years ago, wasn't it? pretty much yeah it's been yeah, a while it's, it has been a while unfortunately you've been busy um but as <laughs> <laughs> if i haven't but paul paul basically is is someone he's like the go-to person in ghana if you want to talk about gaming and um when this and this topic came about as a result of uh, me seeing some information about stadia which the announcement is, uh, the announcement um by google and it got me thinking about what else is happening in the world of gaming quite apart from as having some games to play and having all this joy and all this fun with it. So right. um, I just want to kick start the conversation off from there exactly. Right. Now, globally, currently, there's xCloud from Microsoft, there's Stadia from Google, and now there's Starts from Tencent. Um, what exactly is going on with the gaming industry? Um, if you can just walk us through the global trends currently. Right. All right. So whilst um, everyone in Ghana still thought it was child's play, uh, mm. people really did have quite a few quantum leaps when it came to video games. Mm. I mean, it jumped from you and a bunch of guys in the same living room right. to really, really big games, as in like hundreds of people playing the same game at the same time. Mm. And you can imagine the type of infrastructure you need for that. Right. And they've built this entire entertainment slash marketing platform on this because it's just like you said there's a premier league game right why is the premier league so big there's companies involved there's samsung coca-cola all of those kind of people and they know people are watching these things mm. so they want to get their attention mm. kind of um, arbitrage back right it's the same thing with gaming now there's people play games people get uh, people are paid to make games mm. people are paid to play games so other people watch mm. And people are played to play games competitively. So there's a whole ecosystem that has come about from this 
um, push in technology around this media because video games have been around for a long time. We've had Pong and Mario and all that, but then the technology around it got better. The internet, um, I want to say the internet of things. I hope <laughs> nobody stabs me after the show, but it's like the internet of things of gaming right. got much better. You could do so many more things with games, so many other people could play. You have old, old, um. You have old ladies who have become very popular online because they've decided to pick up video games and mm. everybody loves them. Mm. You've had 16-year-olds becoming uh, multi-millionaires overnight because they won one gaming tournament. Right. And um, I think people's interests should go in either the technology that's running these things and or the kind of jobs that are popping up from these things. The same way you have... Um, technical people behind radio and TV. Mm. Now you need technical people even behind broadcasting big tournaments or big games mm. or even just you're a studio who's making a game. There's so many games coming out. Your marketing needs to be really, really good. So now it's like you have to have a launch party. You have to have a closed... Um, you have to have a closed beta testing thing where you have to invite... Wiz Khalifa and your mm. soundtrack has to be from Jay-Z mm. also no one's paying attention to your right. game launch right. and all of these swell up um, sort of your production price but right. at the same time the amount of money that these games are making off the bat is ridiculous a very good example is GTA 5 right. Grand, Grand Theft Grand, Grand Auto, Auto. Okay. Yeah, yeah right and I think um, this one GTA 5 came out in 2013 right. The production budget was somewhere around $265 million. And in the first week, they made about $500 million, if I remember correctly. Right. But this was a production time of about four to five years, if I remember correctly. And most of the budget goes into paying people for that time mm. and research and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But I don't know any other kind of business that gives you the kind of returns yes. that you get on video games. The closest things would probably be movies mm. and music because you spend 200 million on black panther and you make a billion in about two years right mm. nobody nobody can really promise you that not not farmers no one else can really promise you that so i think that there's 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 a big we're really losing out if as Ghanaians and africans we don't wake up and realize that there's a whole i'd like to say a whole world or like a whole reality that's escaping us right. and we really the one one of the big problems here is talent right. right because you really need to be deliberate on how you're training yourself before you can get into the gaming industry mm. whether you want to be an esports player you want to be a developer you want to be a games director anything within the space you kind of have to have done this for a while or just be really passionate and then figure out how to offset some sort of skill and then put yourself out there how lost are we as a continent or as a country in terms of you know how somewhere between Gulliver's Travels and Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> like, I can't even begin to... But we have a few, like, um, over the course of about two years since I've been here, like, you'd be surprised the number of Ghanaians who are, like, in companies that you had no idea about. Mm. And uh, we've been slowly trying to reach out and form some sort of network. Um, the Google announcement that you're talking about, mm. Aram was there live, yeah. so we had, like boots on the ground at least and like try to get some questions so he's pushing and this is Aram Teria who is um, the CEO of um, Letty Arts Letty Arts yeah exactly like God sent <laughs> so like we have people on the ground um, there's Ghanians coming back home this whole let's come back home and build stuff and there's right. like people that who are like who have either been in the gaming industry or the animation or movie industry but these industries kind of touch 
so definitely like some conversations are coming up but um we've definitely missed the ball and from here on out it's a catch-up game mm. and and like it's it's not just people who are interested um corporate telcos investors no one's really paying attention to it because it just sounds very far-fetched right now given where ghana is as i want to say our reality because mm. everybody's either thinking about food some or sort some, of social thing or electricity power not coming on exactly until mm. you start talking about the money but the problem with that is you paint this really bright picture mm -hmm. but there's this really horrible tremendous road that you have to traverse before you even get, get anywhere close, close but i will say 2019 it's not as hard as back then right. like even like 2012 2013 like it's much much better now the perceptions are better I think there's like conversations we're having now that I don't think we would have been able to have back then. So I just think if we're able to just keep it going, because it's not going to happen over, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a long time. Mm. Um, a few decades. Because I mean, for me, one of the things that also worries me is mm -hmm. anytime I see any conversations around gaming, it has to do with some company doing some events and then, oh, come, they are playing FIFA. Or, oh, come, they are. You know, that's, that's where a lot of the focus seems to right. be on much rather than trying to build an industry to take right. advantage of what where the rest of the world is headed right with regards you know the benefits that we can get from gaming right but i wouldn't say that's a bad thing right like the fact that literally the fact that it's a corporate company or like any other quote-unquote non-gaming entity that wants to add video games to their itinerary in any way mm. i will not be upset because right. that's one step away from this is a waste of time mm -hmm. or this is something that you shouldn't be doing like the fact that they're even doing it mm. completely warms my heart like right. i can sleep better at night <laughs> knowing that at least on a even if it's like a superficially casual level we're not having a negative conversation and then maybe we can start talking and about the exactly to create exactly. something locally or mm. even just there's programs where you can go and teach people how to make video games on a very basic level right. even if it's like a kid in class five or six or gss or even ss mm. a couple of years down the line they are definitely going to make the um, different choices in school and then that starts fixing the talent problem Let, let's talk basic so parents is listening mm -hmm. some school administrator mm -hmm. is probably listening what are the career prospects of anybody or what are the job opportunities available within the gaming industry? Can you just walk us through just a few of them? Okay, so um, let's say I wanted to make a game, right? Um, I'd have to pitch the idea to either a studio or get a job at the studio. And let's say it's my job to pitch an idea, mm -hmm. right? It's pitch the company execs, take it up with the producers who have the money. They green light it. And now it's time to maybe hire extra people. Yeah, it gets, it's almost identical to the movie industry mm -hmm. where you go from pitch to production to release, right? Almost the same thing. It's just you're building different things, but you still have to work on characters. You have to hire actors these days because mm. now, you know, there's dialogue and all that. So it's like if maybe you had, uh, maybe if you hired the guy from Game of Thrones who's Jon Snow on your game, maybe everybody who's a fan of him comes to you. So there's a lot of marketing considerations as well. Mm. But this takes about two, three, sometimes four years. You finally have that done. You push your marketing. So in, in terms of jobs, you have anyone from artists which are there's so many graphics designers now everybody can transition um, can transitions into the game industry 
you need music you need sound effects everybody from there is going there now you actually need um mocap and um, camera production as well so it's like everybody from the movie industry can basically port themselves into the gaming industry you need stories so there's writers you need to write scripts and then um we haven't even started a conversation about marketing the whole so like a lot of gaming budgets right now about if i'm not mistaken about 70 percent goes into marketing because mm. just like the world is so loud right now and you need to be even louder so either you're paying for a spot on the super bowl which is ridiculously expensive or you're running ads on some tv show it's like your marketing budget needs to be big if it's a big game if it's a small game you can adjust right mm. there's so many games coming out there the most simplest of games to the most complicated of games right so you have people who work in music movies picture animation these days you're even hiring psychologists mm. does this color make this person feel a certain way mm. does this level of music make this person feel a certain way right. there's so many things that are going to you're hiring are uh, you're hiring archaeologists if it's a historic game mm. you're hiring someone who's actually been to war if it's a war game like the number of people that you can bring onto a project mm. is just it's almost unlimited right so in terms of job prospects it's not even I don't think it's something you should worry about. It's just how far do you think you can push yourself? If you're a graphics designer, you could easily become an animator. You could easily work in mocap or choreography or anything else in between rigs. There's so many things you can do. People who are in music, it's just it's just boundless. Yeah, exactly. But the problem is it's super capital intensive. Right. So you can't just you could just get up and you and your friends get together, but it's going to be extremely hard <laughs> software isn't free the no, internet so isn't cheap is like yeah exactly but in terms of job prospects like it's not talking about the internet i mean most of right. the, most of the companies that i mentioned earlier there seems to be a migration towards cloud gaming cloud game, as against yes. like console you know but globally that's a small misconception of what you just said right mm. there so the thing is um Consoles, I think console games just surpassed PC games in terms of market share. But the thing about the cloud-based services isn't necessarily that everything is being played on the cloud. Right. That's Google taking the quantum leap like we're playing everything on the cloud. What everybody else is doing is either um, somewhere between saving your personal data, your progress, and also, of course, streaming, right. which is where... I'm kind of tired after work and I don't want to like do a whole game, but I could watch somebody else play who I think is really good. Mm. And that's just like watching football, right? right? So those kind of services run much, much better than cloud or just make more um, infrastructural sense on the cloud, right. right? And then we have the Google Stadia number, um, the like announcement, which is like, you know what? You don't even have to buy a console, just get this controller or just buy any other controller, download the app on your TV or phone and, plug in. and you can just plug in and play. And the promise has been made before. That's the thing. And I think that's what people are wary about. It was almost, I think it's like a decade ago, there were some companies that tried this. I think the most popular one being OnLive. And like the biggest barrier was not everybody's internet is Google's internet, right? Exactly. And it's just very frustrating. And even if your internet is, then we need to talk about cost. Because mm. if it's anywhere close to streaming something on YouTube, you're running a gigabyte an hour. If you're running anywhere between 480 to 7. 20p hmm. right which i don't remember um if i think you can get a gigabyte for like five cds hmm. that's like five like an hour like i don't that's know how sustainable how, right. so i think mobile data wouldn't be sustainable hmm. for such a service but broadband might be able to if you're able to fix the problem of latency because 
it's the delay, right? The bounce between... And that would be very frustrating for anybody playing any game. That's like one of the major problems, yeah. right? It's again, 2019, it's better than 2011, 2012. Absolutely. Those were like the dark ages. I mean, w- there have been conversations about the whole 5G thing, which we are yet to 4G see. 4G or 5G? 5G. 5G. We are to see properly manifest. But then currently we are, we seem to be very welcoming of the whole 4G. <laughs> um, what, what do these technologies... Um, what what would they do for the gaming industry in Ghana? Do you, do you think? So, so I think it's not just the gaming industry, mm. but it's just for everybody. And also to understand what the gaming industry does for everyone else mm. is, we're kind of like at the bleeding edge, we're like the tip of the spear. So if anything gets better within the gaming um, space, it trickles down to everyone else. If we are making better phone screen resolutions for gaming, it trickles down to your video quality. Mm. If we are pushing internet technology your skype calls get better your whatsapp calls get better because these are communication technologies that microsoft and sony and everyone else is playing around Mm -hmm. with so we kind of really push the envelope when it comes to entertainment technology right and then that just trickles down to everyone else we we could say the same for military technology right anything that they're doing aerospace and stuff like that you know it comes back to civilian use eventually Mm -hmm. So it's pretty much the same thing. The last thing I heard about 5G wasn't so good, <laughs> but um, the better technology gets, one, the cheaper prior technology becomes. Right. So I don't think anybody wants to pay an arm and a leg for 3G now, which somehow is good for everyone else. If 5G kicks in, 4G starts lowering down. But the last thing I heard about 5G is um, birds were dropping dead. <laughs> Um, <laughs> parked somewhere in Switzerland, which, which was a bit disturbing. Because yeah, I think, yeah, because I think the same frequencies affects people with pacemakers right. or something. Mm-hmm. But I think they're figuring it out. Well, we, we hope they do. <laughs> we hope they do. I mean, finally, as as we wrap up, Paul, I just I just want you to look into the crystal ball. Right. Where we stand currently and where we want to get to. Okay. So I think um, over the next ten to fifteen years, the that's a long time. Man. Not really. Over the next 10, 10, to fix, um, 10 to 15 years, at the least, I think a lot of companies are going to slowly realize that the amount of disrespect they've been giving their clients base, especially um, the people into digital entertainment and gaming, whether it's people who want to use Netflix or just play online, the new players are going to come in and whoever jumps onto the I want to treat people better bandwagon is probably going to win. Because it's been years of either not paying attention to people, not saying the right things, and really just not listening. Because people have asked for some things for a very long time, and they've just been thrown away. And I think we're going to see it unfold mostly within the broadband war space that's going on between the MT and Fiber and the Vodafone Fiber. Like we, we really haven't seen that before. We've never had a broadband war. Right. And like it's legit and people are stealing like <laughs> people are jumping because simply people are just being nice. It's like, hey, we will listen to you, we will give you this, we'll give you that. We call you back when we say we're gonna call you back. Right. And just people are just really tired of I want to call it disrespect because it's just and now I mean we have care. a platform where we can actually voice and have people hear us as well exactly and whichever company switches properly and it's like hey maybe we should stop being so terrible to our clients right. wins and I think um, the tech space is also getting quite mature so I think one of the problems was we didn't have predecessors that we could count on or predecessors who understood the conversation of what was going on and I think now we have people who are like growing 
into the godfather roles who are a lot more supportive than the old people that we came to meet <laughs> so i think in terms of and a lot of them are really doing well in terms of um starting certain conversations mm. even though they they don't 100 percent know what's going on but they trust you it's and enough that a door is open for it's us to more work. than right. like i can't say how much it's mm. like it's better than anything we've ever had and I think, again, within the next um, 10 to 15, I don't think we should expect anything like super rapid. Also because the infrastructure is now actually getting there. Because if you look back, I don't think we had much at all. Like we, we, we barely had 3G mm. even. Mm. And if you roll everything back 10 years, we're all gone. Yeah. We're all gone. All the hub spaces are gone. 4G is gone. I think 3G is even gone. Yeah for just 10 years so i think we're super early right. and the fact that we are even on radio and we're talking about these things and people are paying attention there's small small communities mm. which are popping up the only problem i have with them is i think they're irritated about being small but they don't understand the value of being a small well connected community mm. and they just have to wait for their time and it's going to come right. and um i also think people are pushing esports a bit too early here and they are not um they're not respecting the value chain that you need to build for this to actually work properly and they're just like hey it's a bunch of money let's try and get the money yeah no. but it's like it's going to take a while i don't think anything below 15 years is realistic yeah it's utterly realistic i i i don't think anything but it needs to start now and the grind needs to start within the 15 years not to do nothing wait for 15 years yes, and then expect really. magic no it's like 15 years of nothing and losing loss 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 and then picking up from there exactly because we've already been eating losses for like 10 years already so we, we hope that we can move faster than the 15 years um if, <laughs> if you know anything about paul you realize how difficult it has been for him to say very politically correct throughout this conversation what but we, we what? love him we love him all the same paul thank nice. you so, <laughs> <That's> so nice <laughs> thank you so much uh, uh, as well paul and tell us um what what exactly is going on um with netcore studio and everything that you guys are doing oh, wow free promo <laughs> um, um yeah so um a while ago everybody knew i was doing um game nerd yes. which was the startup but um somewhere along the way um we had an epiphany and we we're like oh wait well um, game nerd wasn't the business it was the product so we had to like do a switch a rule and then we built a business model and then we just named it nerdcore studio because it was kind of embodying the ambition that um, it was it was embodying the vision of what we wanted to do and GameNet just really made sense as a community platform like everything i was talking about the disrespect that people have been having it created this vacuum that no one is going to that no one looks like they wanted to fill so we just decided to use that to like plug into the community and it's like hey if you guys need something between this space and this space you just let us know and like people just flooded in and were like okay we'll be busy for a while yeah. so between that netcore does mostly a lot of client-based services um we're trying would love to get a lot more gaming jobs but everything else is revolving between um online services web development and like a bunch of other stuff but i'll always jump onto gaming jobs as soon as i see it i was like we'll take it i don't care if the, the <laughs> guy wants it for free and then we've been really trying to push um, events and like we've been partnering with a bunch of people. We've been with Mobex for a while. We're reaching out to other people. And um, one of the things we're working on is like um, a LAN party, which is basically mm. how you get all these people into one place who like the same things. And you try and get them to, how do I say, act like a little village. 
Right. So um, we we are trying to set those up, and then we've also had NerdCon for a while, right. which uh, we're still figuring out because every year something happens that we don't expect, and then we have to go back to the drum board and like wipe everything off. It's like fine, let's start, start again. again. Yeah, but they're usually like good things, like either too many people coming in or like vendor reactions. Like there's just always something going on. So yeah. we've been quiet but busy, and just you know we're doing the 15 year grind. Well, let's see how the 50-year grind goes then. Um, <laughs> um was my guest in the studio. He he basically um, is um, consultant founder at Netcore Studio. And he, trust me, if you want to have any conversation about gaming in Ghana, if you don't talk to him, there's no conversation.